Alright, hello everyone. Welcome to the NC Cast. I'm your host Nixon. We're joined alongside of AZ Sports guy right there. How's it going? How's it going? Yep. And I do have Palm New Jersey, but I do have a JJ Watt jersey over there on my chair. As you should, as you should. Here's how much I like Crosby. The hanger, of course, comes off. And then I got one behind here, too. How many pens jerseys you got? Two. Nice. Soon to be three. And then who's after that, the it's going to be the Yotes jersey. <laughs> well, I mean, first, who's going to be the what's going to be the third pens jersey? Second, and what's going to be your Yotes jersey? Are you going to get a name or a blank? I'm probably going to get a name on it. Who are you thinking? I don't know. Maybe like Garland or Dvorak or something like that. I like Dvorak. I mean, I, I mean, I like Garland. Maybe, uh, maybe Darcy Kemper. Dude has been standing on his freaking head. Yeah, he's the main reason they won like yesterday. So, or two days ago, whatever day it was. <laughs> uh, they won last night, and I am terrified for game four. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, a ridiculous I nine look. I'm checking what time they, that game for is. Uh, is it 2 o'clock, I think? Yeah, I'm not sure that's the... It's 4.30 for me tomorrow, so it would be 2.30 for you. Yep. Yeah, NBCSN, so I can easily watch that back there. Let's see. I'll be at work. Wait, no, it's the day I got off. For once, I can get one of my coyote supports out within two hours of the game. And actually get a couple of views. All right, so how's life been for you during quarantine? Uh, So it it was actually fantastic. No, it wasn't. I I had my wife uh, annoying me for a very long time. Finally understood we're in quarantine. Relax. It's fine. And then it, everything started going great until it was time to go back to work. Yeah. What about you? How's your life been during quarantine? Boring. Watching that back there. I, I, I played a lot of video games. I finally got around to, to playing more like New Vegas and Skyrim. So I'm, I'm happy there. Yeah. I've pretty much been playing my classic three games. Fortnite, NHL 20, and like Apex, but I'm awful at Apex. That's a thing. NHL 20, I found out, like, connected my Xbox account through uh, my GOG, and I have over 95 hours. And I got the game late. (laughs) Wow. I got the game back on Christmas or something like that. And I'll guarantee you I probably have three times as much hours probably. Because <laughs> like occasionally during the school year, I would just like be in the basement because like my room was getting, my room was messed up back then. So I was sleeping in the basement temporarily and the Xbox is down there. So I'd probably be playing on my Xbox until like 1 or 2 a.m. <laughs> That's that's the life though. That is actual life. Yeah, and I'm waking up at six thirty a.m. Oh, 
oh, so you're sleeping like four hours. We have so much in common. Yeah. However, now I'm sleeping like 12 hours. So I have freedom with my sleep schedule now. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But, uh, are, are they kicking you on to online classes now? Well, pretty, pretty much it's like a choice. You can do in-person or online. I chose online because I did not want to wake up at 7 in the morning. Even though they're pushing school like back like an hour, so it's going to be like 8.30 start instead of 7.30. Mm -hmm. I'm not waking up at 7 a.m. <laughs> I feel that. I, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather wake up at like 9 or 10 a.m., do my schoolwork, and then I'd be done in like an hour or two. If it was up to me, I wouldn't get out of bed until noon, but when you sleep next to someone who, for some reason, doesn't want to just sleep in every day, you don't get to, you don't get to sleep in any, like. Yeah. Uh, what are your hobbies outside of YouTube? Uh, hobbies outside of YouTube, it's predominantly movies i i absolutely love going and watching movies and they just don't exist anymore right now uh, video games and now that i finally have uh, a few people that i can kind of rope into into playing some sports with i'll play catch or try to play street hockey you gotta get them yeah. out street first but i just try to get a little bit active i'm starting to gain weight mm -hmm. and probably more of that more video games <laughs> with All right. awful handwriting <laughs> So literally, just to, to to put this into perspective, ever since The Last of Us 2 came out, I beat that, I beat Ghost of Tsushima, I finally beat God of War, I put another like 20 hours into NHL 20. I just had so much, I even had time to put like five or six hours into Fallout New Vegas and Skyrim. Like that's how much video game yeah. time I've had in the last two months, which is why I need to get more sports time. <laughs> yeah. uh, what are your opinions on the Yotes GM situation? I, I'm not gonna lie. So I, I was not a huge fan of Chico when he first came in. Just TLDR, yeah. a couple of moves really rubbed me the wrong way, like how they treated McCulloch and then not offering Donor one more contract. I don't care if he was mediocre; he's the face of your franchise. You give him whatever he wants. Like, like, mm -hmm. and, Probably round for Rada as well, because he was like their only 20 goal season in his last season, 20 goal person in his last season for them. Yeah, it was Garland last season, and then. Uh, Two years prior, Keller, and the year prior, I think that was when uh, Verbata was. So we haven't had yeah. very many 20-goal scores. And, you know, it, it wasn't until I really started covering the Coyotes for 18-19 that I started to kind of warm up to him. I did that first video where I broke down all of his deals. And I'm like, okay, you know what? He's actually pretty good. But with more deals, more time, more things that looked great on paper, I that he was always just mediocre. Like, yeah. look at the, the Jamie McGinn contract. That was a great signing for the value for what he brought before the season started, then he started playing. It just never worked out, and his career was never the same mm -hmm. after that. And a lot of these contracts like that, where they look really good, they don't turn out that well. So I, I think yeah. it, it's a big distraction, and I like a lot of the things that he did. But at the end of the day, he was just kind of mediocre, and there's a lot of room for improvement. Mm -hmm. I think ever since like that 2018 draft, I think that's when he became a decent GM. However... The trade that I think is one of his worst is trading that seventh overall pick for Stepan and Renta. While Stepan, I don't know why he's playing first line. I'll say that. I don't know why. And Renta, pretty much the backup. <laughs> yeah, if you talk to any Coyotes fan, it's like, oh, we have two number ones. And I want to put it into, into perspective. I was talking with a buddy of mine yesterday about Kemper, 
he's played out of his mind the last two years. He's been carrying the team throughout the playoffs. But mm-hmm. if you look at both Ronta and Kemper's careers, they both have one or two seasons of playing like a starter or playing starting games, yeah. starting minutes. So you really can't call either of them anything but career backup. So to call them both true number ones right now is is, is weird to me. And just the mm-hmm. amount of Ronta hype because of one very good season, but still riddled with injuries. He still missed about you know roughly half the year. I just, I don't understand. I will, I'll never understand that. He got better this year. I like him as a backup. He's a good backup. I just don't understand the two number ones. Yeah, like here we're gonna move away from the Yelch just temporarily. We'll go back to them. Um, mm-hmm. Chuck Fletcher, his worst move as the Wild would probably be letting Kemper go for nothing. <laughs> he. Kemper was good for the Wild, I'll say that. It's just the Wild yeah. didn't have a good offense. I mean, you look at Kemper's numbers, they're still almost as good, if not as good, as the starter numbers here, but just in less games played. Yeah. What do you think of their offseason plans? What do you think they should do? If you ask me... Uh... Get an experienced GM. That's one. <laughs> Uh, if hire me as GM, I'll do it for 50k a year. Uh, first thing you realistically have to do is with how fantastic Stepan's been playing throughout these playoffs. He has one year left yeah. on that contract. Move him. You trade him. Uh, Golagoski has one more year left on his contract with a limited no movement clause. Find the team that he'll be willing to waive it for, and just mm-hmm. trade him off like a seventh round pick. Like just literally make it a lopsided trade in favor for the team trading for him. Because what you want to do is you want to free up that cap. And you need to re-sign Taylor Hall. Because with how yeah. fantastic he's played with Keller in the playoffs, how well he's played with Garland in the regular season, that's a guy you should be building your franchise mm-hmm. around. And that's a guy that can elevate Keller, elevate Garland. You need to do whatever you can, anything in your power, even if you have to trade Ronta, free up your cap space and get that man locked up for at least five seasons. Yeah. And that's truly to me, that's what I'm doing. I'm freeing up some roster spaces and I'm clearing the path for bottom sixer Michael Bunting to come up and take like a fourth or third line spot. Next year, I'm mm-hmm. clearing up a case for Lane Peterson, who just got a one-year two-way contract extension. A lot of these guys in Tucson have been playing very well. And if you put them on the correct lines, filling the correct roles, I think they can have success next year while also lowering that cap and being able to mm-hmm. keep killing. Yeah. I am going to read the top scores for the Coyotes so far in the playoffs. For goals, it's Clayton Keller. Yep. Points, Clayton Keller. Tied with Taylor Hall. Thanks to that uh, empty net uh, goal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just I just saw that. And then four assists, it's Taylor Hall. Mm-hmm. Could be tied with someone. I don't know. I'm just literally reading this off of the NHL app on the little game page. Oh, I, I got the playoff stats in front of me right now in an open cap. Yeah. I'm pulling up the stats as well right here. All right, I'm going to read off the goal leaders. Keller and Grabner are tied. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's Taylor Hall. Christian, there's like a several-man tie for the two goals. Um, We have Taylor Hall, Christian DeVark, Brad Richardson, overrated, and Boston Krause. That's a bit of a hot take. All right. First off, and you know... You've been a, a subscriber of mine for a long time when yeah. I first started doing it. I was questioning why they re-signed him for two more years going into the 18-19 season. Because yeah. I think that was a very good extension when you could have just brought in one of your kids that were ready to come up or 
Uh, got another guy in here that might be a little bit younger. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they late 20s that, that has a little bit more energy to him. But at the same time, Richie had a fantastic year last year, and yeah. he didn't play very well this season. But throughout the playoffs, that, that man is showing that, that uh, you know, m- maybe he uh, earned that, that two-year contract. I just hope they don't extend him again because I don't know how much gas he has left in the tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would not be surprised if they re-signed him. Should they? God, no. But they might. I feel like they need to give one of their kids in the minors a shot. Like, it, if you take that that third, fourth line center spot, especially if, if we're moving on from Derek Stepan, just hypothetically, you can fit, mm-hmm. you know, Barrett Hayton on the second line, maybe Lane Peterson on the third, because he's, he's a two-way kind of defensively responsible kind of mm-hmm. scorer. So you can shift momentum that way, take advantage of, uh, of your depth, and then whatever leftover center we have, it can take over that fourth line. You know, we can just bring in a guy that might be, you know, late 20s, early 30s, just to fill the same Richardson role, unless Richie wants to come back for a one-year contract as the fourth liner exclusively. I'll be okay with that if you free up that step on roster spot. Yeah. I'm just looking at, like, they don't have much for defense, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, the two guys that could maybe make it in the next five years... Um, where is he? Victor Soderstrom might make it next season. Probably not. Yeah, he might. He might not. Who knows? Um, Billy Steri Harvey. Who knows? That's another who knows. I'd like to see him make a a bigger step, but I think he needs to have uh, an elevated role in Tucson before he can make that step. Yeah. I don't know what line he played on down there. I think he probably played like second or third pairing, probably. I didn't get to watch too much Tucson, so I can't comment too much on that. Yeah. I, I would assume bottom four. So mm-hmm. Of course, my dad interrupts while I'm filming this. <laughs> He's calling my sister to bring her stuff to a thrift store. So she's she's leaving for college tomorrow. So oh, Congratulations. I'm happy, to be honest, because <laughs> me, me and her do not get along whatsoever. Well, it's a sibling thing. You know, you, you guys never are going to get along until you guys are out of the same house, and then you guys get along occasionally mm-hmm. not getting along. Yeah. Now, with the, I'm going to bring up a name. Mm-hmm. Might make it, might not. Should he? No, he should not. Dyson Mayo. I don't know how I feel about the kid. I think he's making. I think he's making a, a few good steps in his development. But I just. I yeah, don't. He, he played I don't good know defensively. Where he played good defensively. Wasn't in the box that much, but he was in the box a lot. Mm-hmm. He had thirty-four penalty minutes. And it's like decent. I'd say it's average. So, and fifty-eight games, four goals, eight assists, twelve points. And then here's a guy that, oh, I hated him while he was um, in his time with these guys. Alright. Guess who he, guess who he is. I'm trying to think of who, I, I, I'm just going to throw out a name, Aaron Ness. Because I know we acquired him. Like I don't know. Alright, so I'm probably not. Here's a hint. He has the same last name as a player in Calgary who has have 
who has had five goals in these playoffs. My first thought was Kachuk or Goudreau, but we don't have a Kachuk or Goudreau in our system. Uh, you used to. Not... He's... No. No, I'm thinking of Nashville. I was thinking of Freddie Hamilton for a second, but... Um, he shares the, uh, I'm just going to stop giving hints. Bo Bennett. Bo Bennett. <laughs> oh, he, he's, he's just an AHLer. I don't, yeah, I, I don't think, uh, he got drafted in the first round 20th overall in 2010 pick by Ray Shero, I think. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, he, he's a good AHLer. Maybe if Richardson leaves, he can take over the fourth line spot. Yeah. Next, but I mean, he's more I don't. He's a winger, though. Yeah, but at, at the same time, it's, it's all relative because you can force anyone to the center spot. Yeah. 40 points, 55 games, and he played in the KHL in 2018 19. 1.5 games. I think he could have been. He, I don't know if he was injured or just healthy scratch for pretty much the whole season. I don't pay attention to the KHL. I don't think many do. Yeah. And then the season before for Chicago Wolves, uh, 57 points, 60 games. Um, for St. Louis that season, 0.6 games. Then he played for the Devils in 16 17, uh, 65 game. Am I on the right spot? Yeah. 65 games, 8 goals, 11 assists, 19 points, minus 3. Uh, mm-hmm. tw- 20 penalty minutes. He doesn't have much penalty minutes. He doesn't go to the box. He doesn't play much at all either. If he gets tiny, I think he would be good for the, uh, what's it called? Penalty kill. Yeah. He, he does have decent speed. He can hit. That's pretty much it. <laughs> He could make it, he could not. I think his contract expires. Yeah. I would not be surprised if they brought him back for another two way deal. Oh, that was a tongue twister there. I talked a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> Ilya Lubushkin. Ilya Lubushkin, I, I think he's done. Like, I, I absolutely love the guy. I don't know why he didn't yeah. even give him a lot of time at the NHL. It's. It's one of those things where if I feel like if he makes one or two small mistakes, he immediately gets scratched. But other guys that make a lot of mistakes won't. And I like his physical style of, of defensive defense. Yeah. Like right before the break, I think he was paired with Oliver ekman Larson, and they played pretty decent together. For the most part, the only time I, I ever get to watch OEL is when he's playing with his BFF to Mares. Yeah. Um... You know who... If if Richardson le- leaves this year, you know who should have been the fourth line center next year? Merkel. Andy Neely. Too oh. bad they 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 cut him because he had forty eight points in fifty eight games. That's a that's a guy that I would love to have in my fourth line up here. Yeah. Nick Merkley, I think he was drafted too high. I don't think he should have been drafted until like the fourth round in this draft year. Yeah, but luckily we 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 got rid of him. So. Yeah. He's looking like he's probably going to be like an extra forward or a fourth line forward for the Devils next year. Do I agree with that? No, not really. 
um, for the AHL this year. Well, I'm I'm gonna read his stats for the AHL because he did play some games. Um, oh, good lord, Cap Friendly. Um, oh my god. <laughs> um, for Tucson, he played 26 games, three goals, 13 assists, 16 points, minus three. I don't give a crap about the minuses, plus minus or whatever it's called. I think it's kind of a dumb stat. Thing for wingers. Mm-hmm. And then he played very solid for uh, Binghamton, Binghamton Devils. God, I hate hate that city name. 19 points in 28 games, 8 goals, 11 assists. Probably was a better fit there. Then in the NHL, he played 4 games, 2 points for the doubles. I mean... Sure, he might be able to go on the the fourth line roll. Who knows? Should he? No. I'm going to read what the Coyotes lineup should be next season, according to me. Right. I need to find that thing first. That's very wrong. Hey, this is one of those things where I've already got my own lineup, too, so we can compare and contrast. Yeah. For the 2020-2021 season, I have... I'm going to read some trades as well. Alright. Well, this first trade I regret making, to be honest. However, I'm not sure if it'll be a thing. Because we know that the Coyotes do like Ranta for some reason. But I traded mm-hmm. I traded him to Minnesota because they do need to go away. I'm not... Kakanen, yes. But mm-hmm. I, would pro- I would have an experienced goalie with him. Yes, Stalock is experienced. However, he's probably better as a number two goalie or number three goalie, Mm -hmm. as he always has been. All right. I'm not going to waste my time with the trades. I'll just pretty much say who these people are. Keller, Dvorak, um, Taylor Hall, which I re-signed him for. Um, five years at seven point two five million. That's because I like that number. No, fair value, fair value. Yeah. So I have them on the first line with Color and Vorak. All right. And then I have Garland, Schmaltz, and Kessel. Ooh. Mhm. And then I have Brian Dezingle, Chris Tierney, and Vinny Hinostroza. Brian Dezingle. Huh. I'll read that. I'll say that trade in a minute. Okay, okay. And we wouldn't be giving up a lot. Uh, Lawson Kraus, Barrett Hayton, and Sven Berchi. I just put Berchi in as a placeholder. Alright. Um, defense, I have Chikrin, Shalmerson, Ekman Larson, Soderstrom, Soderstrom as a placeholder. And uh, Golgowski and the Bushkin, I have Kyle Capobianco as the extra defenseman. Alright. And for the extra... One of the extra defensemen, actually. And then for the extra forward, I have Michael Chaput and Anthony Botetto. Right. Goaltending is pretty much no difference. And that is Kemper and Hill. Could be Prozvitov as the backup if I said his name right, but who knows. (laughs) Prozvitov. 
So for the Dzingle trade, it is Grabner, a second and a fifth. For Dzingle, um, Carolina would buy out Grabner. Oh, I think we would save some cap. I'm not positive. I don't know what Grabner was signed for. but And then for the Tierney trade, Christian Fisher. Derek I already Fisher. like it. Huh? I already like it. <laughs> Derek Stepan with 750000 retained and mm -hmm. um, 2021 third-round pick for Tierney. Not bad. Not bad. And then for the Bear T trade, I pretty much just traded Demers for probably mainly because he probably would not be able to fit in here with the tight cap situation. Mm -hmm. I traded Demers for Bear T and a third round pick. That makes so you get that third back we could bury Bear T. I think he only has one year left, right? Yeah. And then pretty much for the Osiri trade, if you did not know, I did not. If you did not hear, I did not say Osherley. However, I could revert the trade if I wanted to. Osherley to Nashville for a third-round pick of 2021. Not bad. Here's my lineup. All right. If I, I'm making a lineup that actually makes sense. <laughs> it was pretty much like if I had my way with the roster, realistically, this is how I would construct it. So, I, like I said, I have Hall re-signed for at least five years, whatever the cap hit we can free up. So it would be Hall, Hayton, and Garland. And my mindset is that if it wasn't for Hall, Garland doesn't score 20 goals this year. They played very well together, especially uh, down the stretch, even though Arizona bent and bent and bent, especially defensively, but they played very well together. And Barrett Hayton, he had a lot of promise, and then they kind of threw him around line to line, similar to Dylan So to me, if you drafted him to be your number one center, if you put him with Hall and Garland, put him as your number one center and see what he can do, give him at least 10, 15 games. Second line, Keller, Dvorak, Kessel. Keller and Dvorak play really well together. And Phil Kessel, he's been picking it up in the playoffs. Hopefully, he over next year. Third line, I got Michael Bunting, Lane Peterson, and Nick Schmaltz. Schmaltz's kind of here and there. He struggles, then he's really hot, then he struggles. Lane Peterson is a really defensively responsible forward. And him and Bunting are line mates in Tucson. He's also another defensively responsible forward. They have a lot of chemistry. Yeah. They can lead to a lot of those depth third uh, you know, third-line goals. And then fourth line, I have Grabner with Stepan and Vinny Henestroza just extended another one-year contract. Mainly because Grabner has been – he woke up. He's playing very well. Stepan, let, let him play out his last year. I, I don't like mm -hmm. too much movement on that front. Then Vinny, again, if it's a one-year contract, extend him, let him finish it out. For your defense, I got OEL and Damaris on the top line because I'll tell you who I traded away. I got Capabianco and Chikrim because this, this guy is going to be the next OEL. You put him in that top four, let him really show you what he can do. And then Hammer and Saryarvi, because I, I want to see what he could do with that third line, and Soderstrom hasn't impressed yet. I think he still needs another year or two of development, so just see what you got in this kid. If you don't like him, you can you know call up Soderstrom. You can you know yeah. get a free agent. You got several guys you could call up. What's up? You got several guys you could call up. So Yeah, yeah, you got plenty. So I, I also I like having more right-shot defensemen, because right now I have four left shots. Uh, goaltender, yeah. I have Darcy Kemper and Ivan Prozvatov because in my version of this, I'm trading Golagoski, like I said, for whatever you can get, and I'm trading mm. Ronta if I can free up the space to keep Paul, and then you just bring up Ivan because I, I don't see him really re-signing Hill because I, I don't know if it's just me noticing it, but whenever uh, either Ronta or Kemper were hurt and Hill was called up for however many games at a time, they seemed ridiculously reluctant to play him, and I, I'm not mm -hmm. sure if 
signed him because of how well he played down the set one stretch in 18, 19, and then regretted it. So I, I'm not really sure what they're doing there, but I think I you keep him as a backup. You can start developing a little bit more so behind Kemper, behind this guy that at the age of 29 finally broke out and has been playing out of his mind. I think that'd be very valuable for him. Mm-hmm. To be honest, this is the most I've talked about the Coyotes in a long time. <laughs> and I probably could talk about him a lot more. Um, what are your opinions on Marcus Hanekainen? Marcus Hanekainen. I don't have What? I have no opinions on him. I I honestly forgot who he was for a second. <laughs> um, he played pretty much in the NHL for the Blue Jackets in 2018-19. Did not play the best whatsoever in anything. <laughs> He's so bad. For Tucson, seven seven games played, four points, decent, and uh, zero penalty minutes, which is surprising. Uh, yeah, what do you think Carlin would get resigned for next summer? I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna write this on the note card. Very big. So if he scores twenty again, I see them locking him up for between three and five years for around four or five million years. If he, if he scores twenty, I'm gonna again. I'm gonna do what is asking for our price would probably be. And I'm comfortable giving him this as long as we trade away bad cont- contracts. Let's see if this focuses. Ooh! Oh, that might be a bit steep. If he scores 20 or more again, it's a little steep. But I can yeah. see it if you keep him with Taylor Hall. Because they play really well together, they buzz, and they'll get points. Yeah. Here's I'm going to also write down a guy that this is the fifth note card I've used already. This is a dude that I think should be traded out of everyone on their roster. Okay, I need another one because I wrote that too big. All right, all right. Let's see it. Let's see it. I'm I mean, scared. I'm I scared. Could I could probably write down two guys. Two guys that should be traded. He's a center and a defenseman. Center and a defenseman. I think I know the center. Both you and me hate him. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 I'm going to reach on over to grab this. Who do you think would be the best player in this draft? And if you don't say the right person, yikes. Best player in this draft is going to be, without any doubt, Yurislav Askarov, baby! Here's who who the best is. Uh... Nico does. <laughs> of course, the, the, the most hyped player is Laffy. My only thing is that we have no idea if he is going to be as transcendent as people say until he starts playing 
at a higher level of competition. He's very good for what he is, but as any draft pick, really, it it really comes down to how they translate that skill and how they start to develop, you know, from the AHL to the NHL. And I think he, this is a very deep draft. I, I was doing some work. I'm going to say my favorite guy. I'm going to say my favorite guy who the Coyotes should select. All right. He's my, he's my favorite guy in this draft. I know that the Coyotes aren't picking until whatever rounds. Let me check. Uh, yeah, they're, they're not picking until the second round. It's probably going to be a pick bet- between 16. Oh, no, not 16. A pick between 18, I think, and 30. Pretty much. I don't know if they could go to the Cup. They might. They might not. They're a team that's kind of like a boomer bust team. But didn't they trade their first round for Hall? Yeah. For their second round pick, I want them to, to select Toby Nimala. If you think it'll help. I think we it'll, have a... It'll help, their, it'll help their defense. I'll say that. I could with several yeah. other guys, but nah. I think once we get cap finally in the NHL full time, our defense will have more validity to it. Yeah. Hope I use that word right. Or I'm gonna look dumb. Who do you think is the best player in the NBA? Best player in the NBA, Devin Booker. Same. <laughs> look, I, I had all these doubts about him. I always just saw him as a very good player on a really bad team. So Arizona. We do this thing a lot where we have a really good player and we call the superstar, but in reality, they're just that, a really good player. And with just how he took over games in the bubble, yeah. I think it just showed he can and truly is going to be that superstar. And I, I whenever, you know, you know, whenever Ron Braun's gone, whenever, you know, some of the other guys are finally gone, I, I think that's what we leave, leave in the back. Him and DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. <laughs> um... I don't know how much Booker has left on his contract. I think they extended him five years a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, probably he's probably, probably like two or three years left. If they extended him, who knows? For all we know, Booker could be traded to Minnesota. Oh, God. <laughs> Everyone keeps on saying it. I'm like, no. Why would no. he trade him unless he demanded to be traded and stopped playing? Like, you, yeah. you would need both. You wouldn't just need some speculation. That's what Eric Bledsoe did. Oh, my God. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to be here anymore. We just lose while really if he stayed another two or three seasons. Yeah. Now, they have a... Suns have a decent team. They have... I don't pay attention to basketball this much, but I believe this is what their lineup would be. I don't remember who who's at their small forward spot, but so Ricky Rubio, Devin Booker, uh, Kelly Oubre, and DeAndre Ayton. I'm not sure who that fifth guy is. I completely forgot who he is. I think it's uh, Cam Johnson, but he can he can play small and power. Yeah. I know he's a little bit undersized for it, but I mean they're. I, I guess there really isn't the quote unquote big man in, in basketball anymore. You only have like a small hand. Yeah. Who do you think 
was the most underperformed NBA team this past season. Yo, what's up? Did you go down and get the... I'm doing podcast episodes the way you want. <laughs> oh, that's not that. Paying money to go do it, something for me, but it's fine. Alright. Podcast episode, you're like 13. What do you mean? I don't care. Who do you think is the most underperformed NBA team that played last season? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say the Suns because if they wouldn't have had all the injuries, they would have been a little more so in the playoff push. And the main reason? The main reason? (laughs) All them injuries. They're not even a team anymore. And that's this other guy. What's his name? Oh, what's his name? Yeah, there we go. Stephen Curry, he was injured. Clay Thompson, Mm -hmm. he was injured. Kevin Durant, he left. Because he is a stupid fat pick. And <laughs> and then there's Draymond Green because he's one of the worst players in the league. <laughs> Who do you think is the Coyotes' um, number one rival? With how much of a laughing stock this team's been, it was. Mm-hmm. The only reason the NHL added Vegas so they could be a rival for the Coyotes, but that did not happen. Yeah, because it's at just first San Jose. Was... San Jose is a rival. Vegas is San Jose's rival. So now they have their own big rival. My opinion, San Jose and Los Angeles aren't really a big rival anymore, like because both of them suck. And Rob but Blake like... is not, Rob Blake is not a good GM whatsoever. But it went from 2012 to this year of Arizona being an absolute joke. I mean, it used to be the Kings, but the Kings are also a joke. With Vegas, Arizona, I think only won one game that first one or two, so it wasn't exactly they, they didn't win the series. And this year, I think they split, so it's it's not like at this point, it's kind of too late for that rivalry to really like brew. I don't. To be honest, if Arizona beats Colorado and we're going into the Central anyway, I think it'll be Colorado. Yeah. With, not currently yes. Who's your least favorite NHL team? Least favorite LA Kings. Nobody even got okay. them. I absolutely hate them. These two teams are no, these three teams are tied. I'm writing them down once again, of course. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, Boston, and Montreal. I, I, I feel the Boston and Montreal hate, but uh, seeing crying Marchand last year helped quell the hate a little bit because we finally we got up to cry. We broke it. It's fine. Yeah. I don't know how they have won any games against the Carolina Hurricanes, to be honest. They're, they're playing hard. They have a well-constructed team. and uh, Before you left the bubble, they, they played, had a, They played awful in the round robin, though. That's the thing. Oh, yeah, they did, but when, when you think about it like this, if you play bad in the round robin, you go up against a 
a, a more equal opponent as opposed to if you play very well, you go up against the, the lowest-seeded team. So, yeah, I mean, you're kind of just focused on trying not to get injured. You're already in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You already have the whole line yeah. advantage. I don't really think many of those round-robin teams cared too much. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite soda? Dr. Pepper. Wine is a soda that some people not might not like, and I just spelled it wrong. Please say it's Big Red. That's up there. I'll say that. Hey, let's get Big Red. Why? I want Big Red now. Like it's not cinnamon. I'm pretty sure it's cinnamon. All right, we'll taste it. All it right? tastes like a cherry limeade. Ooh, cherry yeah, limeade. Big Reds taste like cherry limeades. Yeah, her, her mom told her it tastes like cinnamon, and she just went with it. No, no cream soda! <laughs> I'm playing around. I don't like that. It's root beer. No, it's I'm root not beer. Gonna say, yeah, root beer, that, that's a solid pick. I like root beer, too. But yeah. man, cream soda, that would have killed me. Um... Um... Who should the Coyotes hire as their next GM? That is other not... Than, huh? Other than the AZ Sports guy? Yeah. <laughs> um, to be honest, I would like an unknown. I, I don't... One thing I don't like is how, how many GMs and, and, and coaches get fired and hired by another team. It, it just leads to the same kind of thought process, and I want, I want new, fresh mm-hmm. minds, fresh faces. So I want them to kind of scout... Uh, maybe someone who's GMing like a minor league team or G or you know trying to come up in some other circle and give them a shot, or maybe have them be assistant underneath uh, Steve Sullivan for a year or two and see how Sullivan does, and then you have someone else you kind of train alongside. Mike Fuda is my choice. Really? Why is that? He's been he's been doing decent, I'd say. Might as well just bring him in, give him a chance, since he's been rumored for a GM job for like. Over a decade, pretty much. I mean, hey, that would that would constitute as a new phase. Mm-hmm. Over a decade ago, I was three years old, or four years old, oh, or two years old, or one years old, or zero years old. Uh, a decade ago, I was in high school. <laughs> I'm getting old. Hey, I'm about to go in high school, for God's sake, so... <laughs> It's fine. Don't let people scare you. It's fine. I find it funny how everyone says there's a lot of homework. Well, I've seen how much homework my sister has. She does not have a lot whatsoever. It just depends on the classes. For the most part, I didn't do much, and I had enough spare time throughout the day that I got 80% of it done in class, or I got it done the morning of before class. As long as you just put forth above the bare minimum effort with homework, it'll be fine. Yeah, that's why I like online school, because you can pretty much just do your homework and not have to worry about it at, like, 3, 4, 5 p.m. Yeah. Then you can just go play video games. That's why, <laughs> yeah. that's why I work so hard on my homework. That's why I can play more video or games. Or just watch that. <laughs> there we go. My monitor's back on. See, there we go. Good luck. Yeah. Because my, my cord keeps on like coming out of my monitor, which is fun. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much it's just my laptop hooked up to a monitor. 
and then I got my keyboard and mouse random. Um, what's your opinion on Rick Takada as the Coyotes head coach? I do not like him. <laughs> I think he's better I, for like an assistant coach job, to be honest. I haven't been a fan of his since I started since I started watching him because when you look at his system and and how few you know over the last three years he's had a single above fifty point score and that was Clayton Keller's like monster rookie year. And when you look at his system, it's very much defense first. It's not a whole lot of offense. He doesn't really take Yeah, and considering Tockett was like a center, you would think it would be an offense first, but so it's it's weird because in theory, you know, with how well this team is constructed defensively, but with the offensive talent they have, they should have a better power play. They should have a better offense. And to the credit. To start this 1920 year, it was much better than it ever has been. But once again, this system, like I said last year, it isn't built to sustain long-term offensive production. And it showed because Arizona had a lot of offense dry up. So it mm-hmm. for long periods of time. And they still have that. And once again, you're the head coach. You are responsible for people. Even if Arizona sucks, oh, it's the power play coach. But no. You have the overall authority to say you're going to change up your system or you're out of here. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he doesn't do that, he doesn't. He just kind of lets everyone else do it. It tells me that he might not quite know what he's doing because if you over rely on someone else, you either don't want to deal with it or you don't know how to deal with it. So there's a lot of defensive upsides. He is uh, so far in the in the playoffs. I think his system has been tweaking and playing a lot better for the most part. But at the same time. I'm, I'm still not his biggest fan. He's a fine head coach. I'll give him his credit, his proper credit, but I'd rather have anyone else, to be honest. So you'd rather have Mike Johnston? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much ran the Penguins to dirt, which is pretty much what Rutherford's doing. I'll take Rutherford as my coach. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have him as like our goalie coach than the current goalie coach. Mm-hmm. Honestly, with how this t- talent's been redeveloping, I'd like him to get Tippett back because yeah. Tippett's not very good with young players that don't know their role yet. But when you have a bunch of veterans that know their role, his systems are really good. Mm-hmm. With Edmonton, I'm not sure if Taku is the best fit there. I mean, is the main reason they lost in Chicago is they started Mike Smith in Game One. Let's be honest there. Mike Smith sucks. He's he a, sucks. <laughs> he's a Mike Smith guy. That's the thing that I hate about him. Mike Smith is one of the worst goalies. Which I hope he retires. He's, he's as much as I hate him, he's one of the most mediocre goalies. He'll have yeah. one or two last few years and then just a lot of mediocrity. Or it's a lot of times where he's still losing games, but his, his save percentage looks better than it really is. So it's like, see, he's a great goalie, but he's not going to carry you. He'll do it here or there, once or twice. And he did it in 2012, and everyone thought he was so amazing. And then look what he's done since. Not a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. And you look at um, what Tippett has done. Like, if you look at the beginning of the season for Edmonton, he, like Koskinen, yeah, whatever his name is, Koskinen, he had 5-1-0 losses, zero overtime losses. He was... Still pretty much a backup then, according to Tippett. Uh-huh. 
I'd rather start that dude over anyone, to be honest. There comes a time when you have to realize what you have in the system, what you have coming up, or what you have as your backup, and see what they can be and give them their chance. Yeah. Good lord, my mom's kind of spamming my phone right now. Um, okay, so my mom... So my parents need to um, drop off stuff at a thrift store. And my sister has to do it. Because all the stuff is in her car. Uh-huh. My mom said, well, nothing lie waiting until last minute. I hope they take drop-offs until 7. <laughs> Mom, it's a Sunday. I'll guarantee you they do not close in the next hour. Because they're not an eye doctor. So, here. Here is my least favorite player, including a goalie. In the history of me watching hockey since 2014. I put three hours in his name instead of two. That's Matt a hot take. Why Matt is that? Hardy. I hate him. He's the main read. No, Mike Sullivan's the main reason we lost against Montreal, but he's just not good. He was good that one year or that yeah. two years, whatever it was. Yeah, but ever since then, yikes. It's almost like saying a goaltender is a lead after one or two years of. Oh, Good production is jumping the gun a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah, Mike Sullivan should have been fired. I don't think it was. I don't think it was the I don't think it was the assistant coaches. I well, yeah, it was Jacques Martin. It was Mark Recchi. But I don't. Gontra did do pretty good. That's like a helping hand. Recky, no, awful coach, awful assistant coach. He didn't. Our power play was so bad this season. <laughs> our penalty kill was a decent, and still not the best. But yeah, with Coyotes power play, it's not against the power play coach. It's against the head coach. People. The head coach has the right to say, uh, try something else. So, yeah, it's yeah. not against the power play coach. The power play coach should be making adjustments. The head coach also needs to know when to say, something's not working. Yeah. Thing with Pittsburgh, with their power play coach, they add Hornquist on the power play. Yes, he's good in front of the net. He's good at doing that. But have him on the second power play and maybe have a first power play of, like, Gensel, Crosby... Whoever, Tang, and like Marino or something like that, and Malkin. It's pretty solid if you ask me. I don't get why teams have four forwards and one defenseman on their power plays. Just do a classic. Do three forwards, two defensemen. Marino can't play the left side. Do no, but Tang can play the left side as well. He played decent on the power play on the left side, so. Why not just put two defensemen on each pairing? No, each power play. Pairing. There, there's already two defensemen on pairings. I think if you have the personnel 
to throw, you know, you don't have too many offensive minded defensemen. You throw that fourth forward out there, but that fourth forward has to be a two way guy that can score and defend in case it gets back out of the zone and knows how to play the point. I think the main reason our power play was as bad is because they pretty much just, the coaches were like, no, just give Malkin the puck and he'll slap shot it. We'll totally get a goal. No, we're not. Let Crosby do his shooting. Let Gensel do his shooting. Heck, let let Latang do some shooting as well. Which is partly why I think the power play should probably be more on the players and be more up to the players. That's just me. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I, a little bit of a power play by committee kind of a thing. Yeah. I'm just debating on which is the most dumb penalty in the league. What do you think it is? I think the dumbest dumbest penalty has to be like tripping. There's so many times when you're going for the puck and guys can just flop and and they're here. I'd say it would probably be hand passing. I mean, here's the thing. Sure, if it's a hand pass when you're in the offensive zone, sure, call that a penalty. But when you're in the defensive zone, you kind of have to do that sometimes. So I think it's mainly if you close your hand on the puck, they call it, I think. Yeah, I know like, I, I think you'll, like, in the defensive zone, punch it to their other defender, and it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think um, with... Oh, what was I going to say? When you forget what you're going to say right in the middle of you were saying that. Um, I think... I think with offsides, I think that's a dumb penalty. Icing, kind of a dumb penalty as well. However, I do agree with the icing because we don't need players just dumping the puck every three seconds. Because I'd be pretty much Rick Bonus hockey there. So I thought it would be, oh, we're, we're in a we're in a bad situation. Throw the puck out. Don't even don't try to play it. Throw it out the other end. Yeah, instead of just skating to the red line and throwing it out. I think they have to adjust it, though, to before center ice. If you cross your own defensive blue line into the neutral zone, you should be fine. But yeah. if, if you're, you know, for the most part, if you're behind center ice, you're trying to make a pass, not just trying to clear it. I think it's a little too slow. Yeah, like, for example, let's say we have uh, Oliver Ekman Larson right here, and now we have a guy like Nick Schmaltz up here. Oliver Ekman Larson actually messes up the pass, and it goes far over here. And then it's ice. And it's, it's a weird call. Like, yeah. I, 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 uh, I think that could be adjusted. That, yeah. It could easily be adjusted far more than it is right now. So, can't see. Of course, my can't. Oh, God. <laughs> I just noticed my light was pretty much in my face. <laughs> yeah, there, there we go. If you're wondering what I'm using as my mic, no, it's not my headphones. No, it is not my laptop. It's my camera. My mic's down there. Because I, I don't have a stand for it, so I have to hold it like this yeah. when I'm recording. Whenever I'm recording, all pretty much what I do, 
Hi. Bye. Just record on my phone, because that's just the easiest. Then if I feel like editing, I'll just put it on my laptop, log into my editing software, just edit it, and post it. That's what I used to do. I mean, I, I don't know if you were around when I was still in, in that closet that I had as my, like, oh, setup. Oh, yeah, I was. <laughs> so I would just put it on ago. my phone, I'd cut off the end in the, in the beginning, little, and then I'd post it. Yeah, that was a long time ago. For two years. Time just flies. I... I 2020 has been an S-H-I-T year. Oh, it's been moody. It's been but, straight up moody. But it's going by fast. At least, at least it's mercifully short until it hits New Year and it's like 2020 part two. Yeah. <laughs> Trial. Uh, Something I don't get about people who support the president um, is that They'll be like, they'll still, there's someone who asks a Trump supporter, uh-huh. would you still support Trump if he shot your grandma in the face? Yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> Why? Why would you still support them? You know, I respect someone that will shoot another person in the face. <laughs> it depends on if you're... Depends if they're like pissing me off to like a straight point <laughs> that they just act <laughs> stupid. I might just punch them in the face and then bye bye. Coyote's second best player. Second best player, Clayton Keller. He's made a lot of strides. He's done a lot this year to improve his overall game. I think Clayton Keller is easily the second best player on the team. Best player, it's obvious. Taylor Hall. (laughs) (laughs) That's not who I was going to say. Huh? Almost a point per game as a Coyote. He fan very well. If it was, like I said, if it wasn't for him, Garland doesn't score 20 goals this year. So it's like, yeah. he, he really has been he elevated. Is, he is that. in the top three right now. I'd probably say he's like the second best. Color's the third best. And the best I was going to say, I can Larson, but he's not great defensively. He's pretty good offensively. So He's pretty good offensively. I, I'm very critical of his defense, but he is... He does at least provide, you know, some some depth scoring and, and helps out a lot. He can power, he can quarterback a power play. He does that sort of stuff. I'm looking at the time that we've been recording, 50, 59 minutes, and then we've been on the call for an hour and thirty seconds. No wonder yeah. I'm starting to sweat. <laughs> no wonder why my throat's starting to hurt. Because <laughs> I filmed a podcast before this, that I'm uploading after the podcast that I'm filming right now with you. So. Yours will go up first, and then the one that I recorded earlier will go up after, so. Well, uh, is that your total way of saying it's time to end our end our time for this episode? Uh, let's do a random Q&A first, and we'll do that. All right. All right. I'm down. I'm game. All right. I'm going to find random questions online. <laughs> That was stupid. Um, I'll take it. It's a dumb question. I'll take it. 
How do you feel that uh, people are criticizing Tuka Rask for opting out of the NHL? I think people need to leave the man alone. If he's realized exactly. that he is, he's just not in it right now and he wants to be at home with his family, you know, his wife just had a baby, they have two other younger children. Mm-hmm. If he's realized he's not fully committed here, his mind's at home, yeah, tell the yeah. team, give them the opportunity to compete so you're not costing them games, and go home to your mm-hmm. family. Yeah, like Mike, Mike Milberry. God, he's so stupid. I I had only ever known of that man as a name until that whole situation. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. He should be fired. Completely. His, how can you call yourself a professional and and just like look down upon someone like that? Like what? Yeah, for being, for looking out for his family. My opinion, family. Family should come first before your job. Family before your job. Family before your friends. Fam- family before your hoes. <laughs> family before I've your bros. To be with my family. I've just left work to be with my family. Or when my wife got sick, I just told my boss, "Like, yeah, I gotta go. I'm leaving now. Like, I'm not asking. I'm just going." <laughs> yeah. And we'll wrap up this podcast, everyone. Thanks for listening. And yeah, bye.